Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to a brand new episode. Welcome to episode 236. Welcome to Scream 6, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Juan, and I am joined by the cast, the crew, Zach. Hey, welcome back, to the, welcome, to the, <laughs> welcome back to the club. It, is, it has been a minute, but you know, even, uh, even some of the... Uh, some of the most loved possessions that you do uh you it's always very very important that you take time and take a step back um or else it does not feel like a hobby it doesn't feel like a passion anymore and uh you know i was in thoroughly enjoying time away from film and movies but uh you know it just kept uh it kept i'm gonna use a famous line for movies that can you tell me what it's from no matter how far i keep stepping away it just keeps Bringing me back in, Godfather. Yep, Godfather <laughs> Part Two. Yep. So and well, um, and, and I I agree. I mean, I even took some time off. I think it was like August of last year. And it was just you know, like I totally agree with you. If you don't take some time away, it just feels like a job, and it yeah. doesn't. You don't want it to feel that way. It's <clears throat> like a job. You you want to uh, take a take a step and uh, enjoy what you do. And uh, I'm glad I I haven't been to a theater since December. Um, and, uh, you know what, it was, uh, a very positive response going to a new theater and checking out Scream 6, which I'm, I'm very hyped to talk about. I'm very glad this is my first episode. It's my first episode back here. And it's also going to be my first episode back, uh, Wednesday on Friday, the 14th, as we talk about Scream 6 on Wednesday as well. Um, so I'm excited. I'm happy, but Zach, while it's just me and you, while we're waiting on, uh, Ed- Edward to join us. Let's talk the Oscars. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Completely uh, snagged seven awards last night. Rightfully Dominated. so. Including yeah. uh, three out of the main awards. It, or it won Best Director. It won Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Actress, and Best Picture. So yeah. out of the seven it won, five were the biggest awards of the night. And yeah. – uh, my favorite moment of the Oscars last night was when Key, right? That's how you pronounce his name. Yep. When he won best, when he went up there with Best Picture, and he hugged Indiana Jones, Harrison yeah. Ford. That was my favorite mm-hmm. moment of the night. They should have let Harrison Ford uh, let him do the Best Supporting Actor. That would have been a huge like reunion on stage. That would have been really yeah. cool. Um, but that that was it was a fun it was a fun show and uh, even though it was almost four hours long I I enjoyed the whole thing. Um, Elvis got nada. Yeah, I'm surprised. Elvis didn't get anything. The Fablemans didn't get anything. Banshees of Inisherin didn't get anything. Tar didn't get anything. It really by midway through the show it was really between All Quiet on the Western Front versus Everything Everywhere and it's yeah. just I w- I was really shocked by that to be honest. I think well, my only gonna- dis. We're gonna check. We're right. gonna check out the Fablemans in a few weeks, so it's gonna be fun yeah. for all of us to get our uh, our thoughts on that movie. But yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm surprised Elvis didn't get anything at all. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, you could, I can go through some of the winners. I mean, you basically said the top four, the four out of the five went to everything everywhere. Uh, Brendan Fraser won for the whale, which I was very, very happy, happy for. I, I would have been fine with Austin Butler if he won, but I think um, the comeback of Brendan Fraser, what he's had to go through and just his performance, which I, you know, I would like to talk about that movie one day. I think it hits Blu-ray tomorrow, actually. Yeah, we're, so we're, uh, it's going to be the first movie we talk about after the best of 2023. So we're going to talk well, about it. We're, we're going to talk about it week two of April. Awesome. Uh, so I'll save my thoughts on that. My only biggest disappointment is Top Gun only got one award. Man, is for best sound, and I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, to me, I think it was kind of like a we're nominating you because you were one of the biggest movies of the year. But I think even Tom Cruise, even Tom Cruise knew he was going to win. So he didn't show up. So. Well, he, he, he never goes to any of those anymore. Um, no. I, I was disappointed. Tom, Top Gun did win the award that I thought it was going to win, which was best sound. And then Avatar mm -hmm. won the award, which I thought it was going to win, which was best visual effects. Um, right. I, I, I really thought Elvis was going to win for best costume. Um, yeah, that's true. But it didn't uh, win for that as well. Costume design of oh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever won yeah. that. So um, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more come uh, award season for us, which is in just two weeks or three, yeah. um, three weeks away. Three weeks from today, we're talking our favorite movies of 2022. Um, so it's going to be interesting to get everybody's uh, thoughts on that. If you guys want to listen to last week's episode, they talked about creed 3 which is now available to listen anywhere you listen to podcasts at you can also find us on the social media websites facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast instagram slash the cinnamon movie podcast the twitter is at cinnamon 405 and then you can email us at c-i-n-e-m-e-n-921 at gmail.com um which i'm holding all emails until the first week of april I'm going to read a lot of emails come the first week of April for our top five plus five of 2022. But Zach, let's dig into it. It's time to talk the top five. Today, uh, I, I, I've, I've been keeping up with some of the episodes that we've done in the past, but I believe this is our first top five in a few weeks. So what better way than to uh, talk our top five screen characters of the entire franchise? One through six is what we're talking about. Uh, the only honorable mention I have is, and this is probably going to upset some people, Randy um, from Scream mm -hmm. 1 and 2, played by Jamie Kennedy. He is my only and official honorable mention um so yeah zach do you have any uh no not no honorable mention so i can go into go i can go into number five if you want go into number five uh number five is a character who we've only seen her twice first time we thought she was dead she comes back again for this one which we'll talk about here in a little bit is a uh, kirby reed played by hayden Panettiere. i really liked what they did with her character in the fourth one they kind of obviously they left it up it ended Obviously, we get the answer on this one. We'll get to um, it. So, uh, yeah, number five is Kirby Reed. Number five is a tie for me. I couldn't choose between these two killers 
So I put them both at number five. Charlie, played by Rory McCulkin, and Mickey from Scream 2, played by, um, oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's just that. But go, go, go ahead and just explain. I'll, I'll look them up. Uh, Mickey from Scream 2, I thought was uh, just a, a fun killer. I really would have enjoyed if oh. it was just him. Timothy Elephant. Yeah. Timothy Elephant, yeah. I think he was probably one of the better killers as far as acting wise that go and then uh Ch charlie to me he was one of the ones right off the bat when i first seen scream 4 i was like okay i can definitely tell he's one um but yeah. i just thought he was i thought he was he was just entertaining whenever his reveal to me was 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 not shocking because like i said i kind of knew he was the killer but i liked mm -hmm. how he revealed himself by killing his his crush um, yeah. or attempted to kill his crush. But I, I thought those right. two were just uh, phenomenal. So number five is uh, two, a tie, Mickey and Charlie from Scream 4 and Scream 2, respectively. Um, number four, Zach? Uh, number four is kind of, it's kind of a tie, but I don't think you can talk about one without the other. So our two heroines of this film and the last film, uh, Sam, uh, played by Samantha Barrera and Tara, played by Jenna Ortega. So we'll talk about them here in a little bit. We will talk about that. And that's funny. My number four is Tara, played by Jenna mm -hmm. Ortega. So uh, number three for you, Zach. Uh, number three, I think the original heroine of this entire franchise, Sydney Prescott, played by Neff Campbell. Um, we'll get into how the film, this new film did without her, but I think she's always been the staple, kind of like, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie in the Halloween series. She's always like that. She's the go-to or the attempted ultimate target. So. Zach, Zach, we didn't talk before this. We haven't talked face-to-face uh, -face in a few weeks. My number mm -hmm. three is Sydney Prescott. <laughs> uh, number two for you. Uh, I was scared. <laughs> number two is, uh, uh, honestly, a character that kind of, you know, after three films you kind of wish they just get it over with but number two he's a lovable character is Dewey played by uh, David Arquette um, obviously if you've seen Scream 5 you know exactly what happens but it's he's definitely a character who you want him to succeed you want him to thrive you want him to obviously you know get with Gail at, by a certain point um, but it's just the damn kill him is he dead no he comes back is he dead no <laughs> he comes back it's kind of like that continuous joke which they kind of we'll talk about it but they kind of do it again in this one but um it's definitely part of the, the trio of scream so dewey that's number two number two for me is gonna be Stu mocker played by matthew lillard um he's funny he's insane by the end of the movie he's completely psychotic and uh, we're going to definitely talk Stu Mocker in this episode. Uh, so number two for me is Stu, played by Matthew Lillard. Number one for you. Uh, number one, I'm not, it's not one particular person, but it's the whole concept of the film, these films entirely. And you have Sidney Prescott as the heroine, Ghostface. You can't have a screen movie without Ghostface. And I think whoever it is, whether it be Billy Loomis, um, was Lori Metcalf? She was she was a ghost yep. face, wasn't she? Yep. Lori Metcalf, uh, Rory McCulker, Richie from last time. 
you just look forward to seeing that mask and just know that all hell's about to break loose when you see it. So Ghostface is number one. Man, that's a... I almost want to say that's a cop-out, but I really enjoyed the... Explanation. The, the explanation of that answer. That's so, so hands off to you. Mm-hmm. I, I applaud that answer. Number one for me, and I know a lot of people are going to be scratching their head, but they really could have used this character more to their advantage. Cotton Weary. Yeah. Um, Cotton to me was the most single-handedly entertaining character because A, he was the man who did it in the first movie. You know, if you had a screen prequel, he would be a very huge character mm-hmm. to that screen prequel. Yeah. So he's kind of the character to me that kicks off this entire franchise because he's one of the first people who had an affair with Sydney's mom. Yep. And you have him for a very little bit in the first movie in the back of a cop car. He's a huge character in the second movie. And then they just kill him off in the third one. And I almost feel like Cotton could be somebody who is still in the franchise today. A, because he's very enter- he's a very entertaining character by he wants to do anything for money. His, his Somebody who's always pointing the finger at Cotton could have eventually turned him into a killer. Yeah. And <clears throat> then B, unlike Sidney Nev Campbell who wants to do it with for, for $25 million, like Tom Cruise money, Cotton Weary, you know, um, Liv Schreiber would have done it for a bag of potato chips and a hot dog. Yep. So he could have been a very big, important part of Scream 6, Scream 5, or Scream 7. Um, you know, but I, I personally think that Cotton is an underrated character. He's my favorite character in Scream 2, and uh, I wish he was he was an under. Uh, underappreciated character. I think he he could have been he could have been that male Sidney Prescott, and he could have went on to each movie. So yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's our top five this week. Uh, we will have a, a another one next week. Our top five screen characters. There we go. I think that was the that was a fun little top five. Yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, I think you know what, man. Um. Again, if you guys have not seen this movie, spoiler alert. We're about 16 minutes into this episode. We're going to dig into Scream 6. Go check it out in theaters right now. Um, because I think I think it's a pretty... Uh, I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Um, so, yeah. Zach, when did you see it? What, what, what screen, screen did you see it on? Um, I just saw regular showing up in the balcony at the Warren. I only played like a dollar so with my unlimited app. So uh, I saw it Friday night. What about nice. you? Uh, I saw it uh, Saturday about 1230 at Harkins here in Oklahoma City in Bricktown. And then we probably had nice. about probably 25 people in the in the crowd. Um, but let's let's get to it. Scream 6 currently has an IMDB rating of 7.4. 76 on Rotten Tomatoes, 62% on the Metascore, and the Google users like it at 89% with a $35 million budget. Uh, Scream 6 right now is a little over $68 million at the box office with a March 10th, 2023 release date. Scream 6 in the next installment, the survivors of Ghostface Killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh new chapter 
in New York City, uh, starring Courtney Cox, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savory Brown, Mason Gooding, Skeet Ulrich, Roger Jackson, uh, Dermot Moroni, Jack Champion, and uh, Hayden Pantera. 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 There you go. Comes in tight for me. but I want to say you try. I want to say you try to take on this director's name, Matt. Um, Matt Olfen. <laughs> there you go. There we go. See what and, I did there. And, and Tyler Gillett. Um, but let's 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 talk about it. Uh, what was your first reaction after the uh after the movie was over? What'd you think? First reaction. Um, uh, you know, first reaction. You know, you're going to a sixth film in a franch- horror franchise, and you're just like, you know, what could they? What could they do next? How how could they build on or try to do something do do something different by this type by, by this type of film? Um, Walking well, you know, out, I had fun with it. You know, it was really it was something that like um, there was a, maybe one or two slow spots in the movie, but overall, I mean, I had I had fun with it, and I don't know. I think I like this one better than five, to be honest. Um, I do too. I really like it a lot more than five. But I think, yeah, we'll get into it. So overall, I had fun with it. What about you? Uh, I, I I loved it. Um, I thought it was I thought it was still fresh. It was intriguing all the way up until the reveal. The big reveal, yeah. The big reveal. That's probably the only negativity I have to say about the movie. But other than that, the reveal at least made sense. It wasn't, uh, I want to become famous. I want a huge trial. I'm blaming it on mm-hmm. the movies. So therefore, I, I'm 50-50 on the, on the reveal. I appreciated yeah. the, the motive. It's just, it was just good old-fashioned revenge. Um, yeah. But I didn't like who the reveal was. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, but... I gotta say the opening kill scene with the the dating app, uh, mm-hmm. and you know as soon as you get the first kill, you know the student, the mask gets removed. What did you think when the killer killed somebody and took off the mask right when the movie started? Yeah, that was a big like. Okay, this is something different. You know, we're gonna just go ahead and reveal the killer now. Um, I, which is and which truthfully, is the, he's the he's the kid from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Spider-Man. right? Yeah. yeah, Flash. Yeah. yeah. I um I thought okay this is kind of cool you know we're gonna go ahead and reveal the villain and ma- it's just the rest of the movie the main character's trying to figure out who it is um but no they do you know a classic screen twist and say no 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 that's not him that we're we're not gonna make it that easy is he is Greg is he watching um Jason takes Manhattan when he goes back home. He I know is. he's watching a Jason. I don't know if it's a. I know it's a Jason movie, but I thought, okay, so this one's going to be set in New York. Let's take a minute to uh, acknowledge Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, which what that I thought was pretty funny. Um, and boy, when they told you that Scream Six is the goriest one of them all, they're not yes. lying. They're not lying. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think and, of uh, opening up the fridge and seeing his roommate in the fridge? All hacked up. Yeah. I will say, but the I think that's kind of a trend of these screen movies. They try to push the boundaries of the violence with each one. 
but yeah, you're totally right. This one is probably the most gruesome, probably the, the most goriest. And I have to say, like, the sound design for the kills, like when the when they're being stabbed, it it's noticeable. Like I'm just like, damn, they, they went all out for this one. Yeah. Um so yeah, we have the two opening kills with the Laura, who's the Samara Samara Weaving, who is the the college professor on film, and then uh, Jason and Craig. Um and we kind of just jump right back into our our Fab Four, as they're called, um, Sam, Tara, Chad, and Mindy. Because you um, have the uh, you have the 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 party where Tara gets cock blocked not once but twice. Yeah. Um, what did you think of them trying to paint Sam as the real killer from the fifth one? Richie, was I really just, like Richie was innocent. She really did it. Yeah, I really really like that. Honestly, I think it's what I like about this one on the character development, they really kind of, they built Sam as a very much damaged dealing with PTSD, dealing with who her father was and taking the, you know, obviously, like you said, everyone's blaming her for the murders instead of Richie. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, Tara, she's really kind of just denying everything that's going on and just wanting to live her life. So I really like the opposite spectrum of these two characters as at, at the beginning of the film and by the end of it, they kind of um, have like a unification and bond to um, deal with what's going on. I want to, I'm not jumping too much ahead, but again, if you guys have not seen this, pause it, stop it. We're at 23 minutes and go check the movie out. Um, I feel like there were not enough casualties in this movie. I feel like more main people needed to go in order to either a set the franchise up for a, a bigger, more star-studded cast sequel, mm-hmm. um, just because you know the out of the Fab Four, they all survive. Right. Courtney Cox even survives. They leave. They yes. leave it. They leave it open that Sydney may come back, and I just feel like if you make a seventh one and they all come back, including Sydney. I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like, and they played it off so well. Where Mindy, uh, um, you know, she they they played it off like if she was gonna die. Mm-hmm. They also yeah. played it off like if her brother was gonna die, and he got he got yeah. he got cut the fuck up. Yeah, he did. Um, they even I don't tried know. to play the they even tried to play the repeat game with Kirby, and I'm just like, it, now hold on a second. What what did you think towards the end? where they pointed the finger at Kirby was the killer because Detective Bailey was like, hey, Atlanta called. She's she's off her meds. She's off her rocker. You know, at that point, they kind of played it like she was the killer. And that, and I would have really liked that, to be honest. Like, I don't... I like Hannah, Hayden Panettiere as an actress, so I don't really want her to be killed off. But I that's that would have been a really cool twist this whole time you think she's working for the FBI she's on Sam and Tara's team it's just like oh no she's like her mindset is so damaged that she's the one that's kind of she got so obsessed with the cases that she um she's the killer I was just like that that would have been really cool instead of I'm and I agree with you if you want to go ahead and get into it we can I I just think hey what's up Ed join join by Ed right quick um Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> no, you're good. Zach, go, go ahead uh, and continue. Um, well, before we, before uh, I was going 
we were gonna I was gonna talk about the main twist of the film, Ed, but um before we get before we get to that, um share us your just general thoughts on the movie and we're we're almost into spoilers. Um very hard into tropes for that matter. Um <laughs> Definitely doubling down on, well, not doubling down, I won't say. Uh, definitely using Jenna Ortega's popularity at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, having at least Courtney Cox, uh, Gail Weathers' legacy character, very smart. Um, th- there's a lot to say, you know, honestly. And I'm sure there's a lot you all, you both have already said. But like I said, tropes, Gail Weathers. General Ortega's popularity. Uh, you, you, and you called definitely, that. You know, you called well, that last week saying, you know, because Jenna Ortega got so popular, we're just going to ride the t- tailcoats off of her right now. And I mean, it's understandable. You know, I don't think the filming was going on during you know Wednesday, Wednesday. because it wasn't that long ago. To be fully fair, and I think the filming probably was what at least eight to ten months ago, at least. Yeah. Well, and you got to um, remember when when Scream Five came out, Wednesday was not even a thing yet. So she was still no. We didn't even know who Jenna Ortega was at that point. I was about to say maybe she hadn't even been cast as Wednesday at that point. You now, know. now hold on yet. Like I, no. I, I, I agree that they, sh- I, I agree that they should ride the coattails. I, no, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I fully. I was just talking to Zach about this before you came on. I feel like there were not enough casualties. I feel like. I feel like one of the twins needed to die. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like Gail needed to go. I yeah. feel like um, I honestly feel like Sam could have went. I feel like this thing should have stayed full with Chad and uh, Gail Ta- Tara going. Oh, I feel like Chad they should have been the they should have been the only two survivors. Maybe one more. Maybe Mindy. But I feel like Sam's character to me is is a little over 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 overblown, overcooked. <laughs> well, I, me, just don't, I just to... I just don't like the the Billy Loomis dad seeing my my dad's yeah. reference because to me that makes me think she could be a killer in the next one. And that's and... one thing that I kept thinking as well. Sorry, is that? No, no, I, I totally agree. I I just. It was cool in the in the last film just because of we didn't know what that twist was. But if we're gonna do this, if there is gonna be a seven, which I have in my notes, like Scream Seven question mark. Um, it just if we're gonna keep doing this, just go all out. Have Sam be the killer. Her her mind is finally broken or something. Well, the directors have already came out and said that anybody could come back, including Jill Roberts. That there's talk about her coming back, um, and then there's also talk. This this is the most money that the Scream franchise has ever made opening weekend. So this movie has already beat all of them out of the water. So I think we're we're about probably probably six weeks away from a, a, a seventh getting greenlit for sure. So I, I know well, it's I mean, coming. Yeah, I mean this movie already made its budget back. It, it, it would think it was made for thirty, and it made like sixty five million this week yeah. this weekend. So yeah. it's good. It already I mean, knocked Creed out of the ring. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to have you know Stu come back or well, let's you know... talk about that because this entire movie, and this is where I have my biggest pet peeve with this fucking movie, is from the opening scene all the way up until the reveal, they just tease you like it's Stu. Yeah. His his mask is the only one that's missing, which I thought was a brilliant 
plan, I loved how the killer was leaving each original killer's mask throughout the whole movie. What do you mean? His mask was missing. His mask was... And like, in the shrine where it had all the costumes. His mask was the only one that was missing. Okay, so yeah, they had Billy's, not Stu's. But that's the thing. Billy's more focused on, so Stu would be perfect. Exactly. If they came out with seven, Stu would be the perfect kind of either descendant of Stu or Stu himself. One of the two. And then even... even, uh, Because... Everybody, even even, uh, even uh, what's her name from Scream Four? I'm on a blank. Hayden Panettiere, Kirby. Yeah, even Kirby said when they said, "Well, you know, Stu's dead, Billy's dead," and then Kirby was like, "Well, if you believe that." So yeah. throughout the whole movie, they were teasing yeah. that Stu had something to do with it. And I mean, don't wrong. You know, it could always be. It could be a big thing about that. It's always Billy. It's always Billy. Nobody talks about me anymore. Nobody taught you know that whole and, anger thing about and, jealousy. And even over the phone, you know, even over the phone when Sam was talking to the killer the entire time in the movie, he was like, "I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show everybody for what you really are." Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get. Yeah. I'm gonna get you for what you did to me. And in my mind, when I'm watching that, I'm like, "It's got to have something to do with with Stu and Billy." Stu wants some kind of revenge on Billy. That's that's got to be what this is about. So the, the entire movie, to me at least, they tease you that it could have something to do with Stu. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the flashbacks with that was. I which, mean, I know. Which again, that's not a bad thing because that's just my mind. I'm not going to shame the movie for me wanting something and then they they throw something else in there. I mean, I kind of like that they keep with the trope of the friend group being in it, you know, or being the 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 villain part. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that they keep with you know some continuity of oh it's it's not necessarily towards the legacies but it's something to do with them I guess uh, it it's just kind of old that they keep going after and like Gail said it's kind of old like why do you keep dealing with me if I'm not even like worth much well just call it nostalgia like yeah. really come on well, now. So, so and, I, I get I get your complaint. So your little complaint that that you know if the killer is so focused on just killing Tara and Sam and making their own movie, you know, then then technically Gail's a throwaway character, and and that's exactly why I think and I feel I wish she would have died in this movie. She doesn't well, need well, to be in any of the other movies. She didn't even well, need to be in this one. They did the Dewey thing with her where. I know. I remember she got attacked in Scream Four, and she survived. And now she got attacked in this one, and she survived again. I'm just like, she. Out of all the characters, she is the one. I'm just like, just please get rid of her, please. She's well, not. She's not interesting at all, and she's mm-hmm. just. She play. It's the same character every single time. She has no she, development. She got so much lipo. She didn't even look like Gail Weathers. <laughs> well, I mean, the biggest complaint i'd have is chad and i like the character his his attack well no no, no, like he should he should be dead right that's the big the big complaint i have is that i like the character the character's fine with me but you decided to have him stabbed by two different people like at least 16 times would you you're telling me (laughs) what'd you guys think of the the ending when you did get you know, when you finally were the the reveal happened and then you're like, 
Richie's phone has been calling Sam the entire time. Okay, so I had it a bit messed up because I'm like, that's strange as hell. But okay, you know, maybe maybe someone else has his number. They turned the phone off, you know, whatever. Had to deal with that in in right. a while back. But I thought it had to do with Ethan and uh, Quinn. But I thought it was because they were lovers. <laughs> I thought they were together. And then when she supposedly died, I was like, oh, dude killed her because he's tired of her banging like 15 dudes in a week. You know, I'm just like, you know, because I was just like, I thought they were lovers. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, so well. I get some brother and sister action going on. I have to say, yeah. I would have... I would have liked the reveal twice as much if it was just revealed that Detective Bailey did it and he was by himself. And he, like, the whole Richie father, okay, cool, Makes, but and, and I, like, I, like, yeah, and I, like I told Zach, I thought that was good because it's just old-fashioned revenge. There was no motive about, you know, I gotta make a new sequel. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I'm doing it for the movies or I'm doing it for a trial, you know, Detective Bailey's thought was, I'm just doing it for my son. Because even yeah. he said, these movies are a little too dark. I didn't understand well, his obsession. Even even at the move, even at the beginning, you know, Ghostface was like, fuck the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And that was and, a good angle to start with, for yeah. that matter. It really was. What'd you guys well, think of me, the, the latter scene? If I... Nerve. Oh, that one. That one was the... Nerve. I think that was probably the most brutal death when... Uh, uh, Annika falls to her death, and she hits the trash can. Yeah, it, it or was the dumpster so hard. And this this ghost face to me was so much more angry. He was so much yeah. more physical. Uh, he was brutal. so much more brutal. And uh, I, I I thought that was uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought was it was going to be like I thought it was going to be ruined, but the convenience store scene terror just kind of like crutched like crawling on the ground. I thought that 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 trailer the trailer was going to ruin that scene. It was just as tense, maybe even intenser, yep. the whole the whole sequence. I've got to say, and I know I'm kind of skipping ahead, but one of my favorite scenes was the the beginning scene, for that matter, was the prelogue. Just because, you know, you, you get the one girl waiting, you know, at the bar and all that. And it's like, okay, cool, like, she's going to be killed off. You already know how this trope is. Yeah. But the she's waiting man, on a guy. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> waiting on a guy and you literally like he said you know you literally you're, you're stupid literally you teach about slasher films yet you are doing the exact same thing all those idiots in the slasher films do yeah. walking down a dark alley by yourself at night waiting on some guy that you really don't know that you're going on a date with really well and, well, and sorry. we talked about it. We yeah. talked about it before we got on. I, I wanted to get your opinion about that. What did you think about, which I thought would have been a really cool, good setup as, you know, uh, Jason kills the college professor and then he reveals the, opens the mask and reveals himself. I was like, oh, like, you know, which we, that's never been done in a screen movie. What do you think about that? That I liked. I thought that was really good, you know, and then for it to be a whole different person, I thought was even better. I thought it was 
fresh and kind of original on both parts right there because literally you know he's like okay and answering the questions correct on the phone like how long have we known each other eight years and blah 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 and well what are we doing well we're doing this because we want to get back at tara and sam and it's just like okay you know trusting and all that and then i'm i'm telling you i'm here and it's like dude i know you're not here and he's like do you want to play cold and And it's just like the double entendre on that because the dude's body is in a freaking fridge yeah so literally you're warmer with getting colder and it's just like oh my god and then he just yeah, it kills him and is like, yeah, the movies, I'm good. That I thought was just brilliant. Um, but one of the other, one of the other deaths I thought was kind of graphic, what or was pretty intense was the psychiatrist, Doctor Stone, oh, gets yeah. like bashed in the face and then get like gets stabbed in the eye or something like that. That was a little intense. Um, but I mean, hey, you know, I, uh, I guess you got to do what you got to do. But you know, there right or right there, it was kind of just like, okay, that's a little weird that taking taking the uh, psychiatrist notes, that's kind of weird right there. You know, you, you you have almost almost no reason to, but then once you see the shrine of the theater, it makes a lot more sense. What'd you guys think of that theater and that shrine? I thought the theater was really cool. Shrine yeah. is a little much, but <laughs> well, no, I, I I like how you know all this is basically essentially talking about horror films and the tropes of them, like you said, Ed. Um, and to have the shrine in a movie theater is kind of kind of genius if you think about it. And you go over, you start, the camera starts panning around. It's like, oh, there's all the artifacts. There's the backpack. There's the, all the different knives that's been used, the sketchbooks and everything. It's just it's. I thought it was a cool homage to the history of the screen franchise and then it 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 made sense a lot more with well at least you know uh bailey and kirby when the detective was revealed because they even say it in the movie they even say they even say the line um you know uh well it's like how did you get all this evidence well they say the line that uh oh you must you know cops need monies nowadays uh huh, and it's just like okay, who like which one is it? Are they bringing in the fresh face that's the cop, or are they bringing in the old school, you know, detect uh, now well, FBI agent? Well, and that's the and that's the thing to me, you know, we we talked a little bit before you got on here about them setting up Kirby as being the killer. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot more sense since she's FBI and she would have access to all this stuff. And not but only again, that, but she's a cop too, so. Not only that, but then supposedly she got fired a couple months ago. You know? Yeah. Which so it's at just that like, point oh. at that point it was right before the actual reveal of hey. the hey. What's up, man? Joined by joined by Franco. Um man, you awesome. are I've been wanting to watch, uh, talk about it for so long. So I, 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 <laughs> I, I saw your I saw the share that you did, man, and I uh I noticed that uh you're you know we we talked a few months ago and this is like your favorite franchise of all time um quick quick thoughts before we keep getting in the conversation man what do you think about the movie when it was over the the kills in it have stepped up since uh, uh what craven passed away um i thought it was an amazing film uh it was probably 
I think I want to say Scream is my favorite because of nostalgia, but this is probably number two. Number two? Number two. Wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was amazing. Were you a little disappointed with this that they didn't go from a stew angle or even the Kirby angle for that matter? Uh, Kirby, I was hoping they wouldn't go for the Kirby angle, but Stu, I was, um, I, I was really hoping for a Stu because he kept saying that he wasn't going to be in it, and now we know he was telling the truth. I just was hoping he was lying. But I mean, I was, I talked about it in the in the beginning of this episode. They tease you throughout the entire movie that it's Stu, or that it had something to do with Stu or Stu's past. But I feel like again, I'm like, man, that's just me wrapping my mind and hoping that he's in the movie. Um, See, I thought it was, um. Stu and um, the guy that turned out to be the the kid. Uh, I forgot his Ethan. name. Ethan. Ethan. Yeah, I thought it was uh, yeah. them two. No, sorry, not Ethan. Um, Chad. I thought it was Chad ah. and uh, uh, Stu yeah. because since Chad's the what the nephew of um, Randy. 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 Yeah, I just think Good. eventually Matthew Lillard. He's such a fan favorite of this franchise that. He's gonna have to come back eventually, um, whether it be a cameo appearance or what, whatever. But I mean, I think you, your whole. I think if you're gonna hold that character, you got to do something special with him. Like and like you said, Johnny. It if this had been the big reveal, like like you said, they set everything up to be Stu. All the clues lead to him. That would have been fine. I would have been happy with that. But I think I think if Matthew Lillard does come back, I think he wants it to be like a a really cool inventive way of doing that. The uh, one thing I am kind of like, why are you going from this angle is it's, they're almost treating Sam kind of like cotton weary for that matter. And it, what, it, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, cotton weary was dubbed as the killer, right, you know, right. When it wasn't him at all, you know, and right. same kind of deal with Sam. They keep blaming, 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 Oh, bitch! You're the killer. Blah blah blah. You know. And well, it's just I, like, I just I just talked you know. about this in the top five because my number one screen character was was Cotton Weary, mm. and I feel I see where you're going with Sam, but like I said in the top five, I really do think that Cotton Weary was an unutilized character and an underrated character because you could take Cotton Weary and make a screen prequel. Because Cotton really is the center focus around this whole thing, because he's one of the first people who had the affair with Sydney's mother, who caused, you know, Billy Loomis's dad and mom to split up. So it all circles back around Cotton Weary somehow. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I feel like Sam should have been killed off in this movie. The only reason I feel like you keep her around is you're gonna tease that eventually she is gonna become the killer. Yeah. They should make her, uh, not her. They should make. I want them to make Tara the full blown killer in part seven. Tara? Um, yeah, just because Jenna Ortega did really good in this one, and um, like you can kind of like see her, like seeing Sam as a killer, and like her just you know turning into the killer just to. Um, I can't even think of the word. Well, uh, just I mean... like I'll spite for Sam, I guess. One thing they could do is like she goes through all the therapy and all that crap for both episodes, and now she's just like, "I found it out. You're my problem. You're the one I have all of this to deal with." And she's like, "Okay, you know, it is what it is. I well, can't fight you." you know? Well, and I talked about that. I 
I thought the, the contrast with the two between the two characters was really well written where Sam is dealing with like the PTSD and like the guilt, I guess, of being Billy Loomis's daughter and just dealing with dealing with what came before. And then Tara, Jenna Ortega's character, is very much like just burying it to the point of like, I'm fine, nothing's happened. Franco, I like your 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 theory on Tara could be the killer in the next one. I think they could go one of two ways and have either one of the sisters be the killer with Sam or Tara. I think this movie franchise has made so much money, including this this last one made over sixty five million. And I think Jenna Ortega is so popular right now. Yeah. If they if they made her the killer, would you almost I would almost say that she would be the first ghost face to not die and come back in another movie. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. Because every single ghost face is always, you know, one and done. But I think if they made her ghost face, she would almost pro- she would have to survive and come back and continue to be the killer in the next movie. Agreed. Or they could just make them both killers, since it's always usually two besides part three. Yeah. Yeah. I just would, I, I would I wouldn't even mind seeing whoever is the killer in one of those two. I wouldn't mind seeing just the killer not die and come back. That's something you've never seen in this franchise is, you know, I know what you did last summer, Halloween. They always can't die and they come back for another movie. I would like to see Scream try to do that just at least once. Because, I mean, all you need, all I mean, don't get me wrong, you would just need them to go ahead and be down and then police come and they vanish. They're gone. But, no I mean, body, that, no mask, no nothing. That does take the, you know. the lore away from the Scream franchise because it is it is pretty much a whodunit kind of movie every time. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, I if mean, they make Scream Seven and they make him or her, I'm sorry, if they make Tara the killer, Scream Eight makes Stu come back and make him the killer, and he finally is dead, and you know Matthew Lillard doesn't have to mess with it. And Ed- we'll, Edward, we're going to find a way to get Stu back into these movies. Yeah, <laughs> Edward keeps going up and up. I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think? Do you think, now that this is a full-blown franchise, when is too much too much? With slashers, man, it's kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong, how many Jasons are there? How many Friday the Thirteenth? I don't think you can do the comparison though, because they're out of all those Friday the Thirteenth, most of them suck ass. I mean, that's true. That is very true. And you at know, least so, at least so far with these six films, all six of these screen movies are at least watchable. I just, yeah. got, I just got done binging them again, and even though three is the weakest, three was still entertaining. Yeah. Franco, you kind of had that Michael Myers tilt there. What do, what do you think? Which one's most watchable for you? Do you not like three at all? I don't like three at all. At um, all? <laughs> no. I tried watching them, I think, last, not last year, uh, 2020 when we had the pandemic. And I don't, I don't like three. No. Three's my least favorite. It is. No. It's, my, it's my least favorite, too. But I, 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 when I watched it this past week, I was like, you know what? I kind of dug the single the single killer thing. I didn't like that it was her brother, her long last brother. But when you sat and thought about it, I'm like, uh, at least it was, see my, he my... had ambition. He had, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> he, he, he had a reason. My least favorite, probably like, I don't know. My, my least favorite reveal would probably be scream five. 
Richie Richie makes sense, but yeah. the girl the girl didn't make sense to me. And, and then when then, I when I, and then when I found out that the girl killed Dewey, I was like, "You telling me an eighty pound high school girl killed Dewey?" <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. "Come on!" But it's all fun. Uh, money money talks, man. Like I said, this already made its budget back, and I, I totally agree. Probably three weeks from now, they'll be saying Scream 7's greenlit and start production later this year. So I want them to go all the way with like 10 movies and then cross over with the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've already done it with the family hold on, thing. Hold on. I, I know, I was going to say, in this movie, they did say family. And they, they put their hands out in the family. family. They should have had Vin Diesel be Ghostface. <laughs> it's yeah, right. And then, and, then it, get... and then it crosses over with Jurassic World. He's riding a raptor or something. All you get is the char- the old school charger just coming up. Knife comes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first... Terrible. <laughs> this is it the first... Be much different. This is the first movie where they mess with the actual ghost face, and you see the yep. worn, torn mask. What did you Not guys like think? Did Did you guys think that there needs to be more of an update? Do you guys think they need to go away from the solid white one, or, or, I mean, do you think it just worked for this movie? I think it worked very well because I think showing that you know this is essentially what twenty eight, twenty nine years old, somewhere in that area. Or no, twenty seven years old. That thing's got some age. Like, yeah, it doesn't last forever. It can't. Well, you know? I, and I and I like how the first mat, the, the original Billy Loomis mask, is just like all like it's starting to fade. It's starting to like not, uh, not yellow, yellow but just yellow, just like scrape, like starting to peel off. It it, it, it was a really um, cool, yeah, kind of yeah. That makes sense. That's what this mask would look like. Did any of y'all get later. that 96 kept coming up every now and then? No? Well, okay, so Gail lived on 96, Northwest 96 or something, as well as in the uh, subway when, uh, what is it, when Mindy is looking towards Ethan or whatever, or when it pans towards her and the train goes, 96 mm-hmm. is on the wall in the back. So there oh, were the several different. Came out was ninety six. Yeah, there was several different ninety sixes in there, kind of doing the uh, the Pixar thing in a way. <laughs> oh yeah. Since you guys are, since you guys, yeah, uh, yeah, Finding Nemo is going to be in the background. Ugh. I swear. Um, <laughs> since you guys are like the big fans of this part two, Lori Metcalf, that was that was Billy's mother, right? Yeah. So they, they just kind of flip it in this one, and it's Richie's dad. So it's kind of – it's doing that, but kind of right. in a different light. Right, because remember, at some point, Kirby was they, – they, they were talking about how, you know, this one is the sequel of the requel. Or that's, what right. Mindy was, that's what Mindy was talking about, you know, because right. it was taking place in a college town, just like part two. Randy died in broad daylight, just like other people were dying in broad daylight, so – um, so then part seven is going to be the half brother of Terra. There you go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Come to find Frank, out. If you, if you call that, and you, <laughs> now we're talking about this, talking about Scream 7, I'm going to. I won't be so mad, honestly. <laughs> or it's, uh, or it's, it's uh, Mindy it's and her Stu's brother. It's Stu's half brother. 
There Drew. you go. That's the it's way Drew. to back in. Drew. Drew. <laughs> it's still played by Matthew Lillard. <laughs> that would be good. That he, would be he's, good. He's dressed up just it's like Shaggy. Twin. It's his twin, so both. <laughs> it's his twin, so Mindy and Chad have to die. You know? they, they bring Scooby in to take off his screen mask of the killer. I swear to God. <laughs> Zoinks like Scoob. Did you. Cross uh, several Fast and Furious, Jurassic World, and Scooby Doo. <laughs> Hey, trillion dollars. What did you think, Franco? We kind of discussed some other stuff, and I know me and you will talk more about it on Wednesday, but but just for now, what did you think of the opening kill where the killer took off his mask? Honestly, you are going to uh, think I'm lying, but last week I was thinking about the opening scene. I was like, you know, they should really do where they have the killer be revealed in the beginning, take off his mask. And then the whole movie plays out where you're like, he's the killer. Stop fucking believing him. It's him. It's him. It's him. Yeah. And whenever I was watching, I was like, are they actually doing this? Oh, my God. And then whenever uh, the whole scene plays out, I was like, okay, thank God, because I really didn't want that to happen. <laughs> but it, it was a, a great twist. And uh, Samara Weaving, uh, the blonde that dies, I think, uh, was really good in it. And, mm, yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a really good twist. I, I enjoyed it. That's Especially with the, they start off with that dismemberment of the body, like mm-hmm. that. All the all the scenes in this movie were amazing. That one, like just kick it off, was was top top tier. And I mean, you know, getting to see Flash from Spider Man die, like, hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out where, where he's from. Now that you pointed out, yeah, no, that I know where it's from. I was just like, so, you look like a bit of a douche. Just <laughs> God, like I said at the beginning, I enjoyed the movie. The only and I didn't have him. I didn't have a problem with Detective Bailey being the main guy. I just didn't feel like he needed to bring his two kids into it. Hey, bad so, father. So I love the reveal. I love the story. I love the ending. I love that it was Detective Bailey. If it wasn't Stu, but I didn't like the two kids being being brought back. Like I told Zach, I'm glad it was good old fashioned revenge, like Scream Two. Um, I just didn't like him revealing the two kids. What did you guys think of that ending and the and the reveal? Franco, did you uh did you like who it was? Uh, I really wanted Stu, but um it, it, it was alright. The reveal. Uh they thought it was gonna be Kirby and I was like, oh man, no please don't let it be Kirby. Like I don't want it to be Kirby. I love Kirby. And yeah. for it to be him, I thought it was alright. Then the kids find out that it's both the kids and uh Quinn came back. I, I thought it was alright. It's not my favorite reveal scene, but it, it would do. Ed? Um, I kind of, like I said, I kind of was Ed thinking, called it. He's always, he's always like, I called no. it. I knew it was going to be them too. <laughs> no, I did think there was something between them, but no. Uh, I thought it was more they were lovers and he was the virgin that she had never banged. Oh my god. So I did. <laughs> Zach, what about, Zach, what about you? But, did you? Did you like the reveal? We kind of talked about it already, but yeah, I'm 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 with Franco. I mean, it was if you're gonna do anything like that, I mean, it makes sense for it to be Richie's family getting the revenge. On honestly, I mean, I don't. I like the I like the aspect of um, like I said, Kirby. She just got so obsessed with the Ghostface killings that she becomes a killer herself. Um, I would I would be okay with that, but what we got, you know, I mean. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I'm not going to question it. So, so now that the movie's over, um, 
you ended up having uh, Gale Weathers, Sam, Tara, Mindy, Chad, and let's not forget the new boyfriend, Danny. Those are all the survivors that you see at the end. I mean, there's more survivors at the end of Scream 6 than Titanic. <laughs> are you guys... Are you guys happy that there are that? Are you guys happy that there are that many survivors at the end of a scream film? You know, usually you're just ending up with two, maybe three or four, but six all to go into a, maybe a new franchise or a new movie. There you go. We're in Scream Six. Scream, scream Six. Six survivors. There you go. Um. So again, and I I thought it would have made for a better ending if Sam put the mask in her bag and kept the mask. Yeah, because I, I, I was just like, why? I was not a fan of her just dropping it, even though the the cinematography wide shot made for a good ending. Yeah. But I just, if you're going on to a seventh movie, and if you want to keep people on the edge of their seats, I would have liked if she held on to the mask. Well, and really what I thought was going to happen, like you said, there's the pan and it just shows the mask as they're driving away. I really thought like a hand was going to come out and just grab the mask and that was that was going to be the last shot of the movie. That would have been cool like, too. Like yeah. some, it could have been Stu's hands on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, um, that, that would have been cool too. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I totally agree with you, Johnny. I just think when I think when I start thinking about this, there should have been a lot more death. I agree. Out of the Fab Four, I think Chad and Mindy should have died. Uh, um, who? The core uh, four. Well, exactly. But if you're going to keep this franchise going, you need to kill off more of these characters that way it just sets up for more characters to come in nine i'm almost betting though that they signed up for a multi-film deal so they're going to be the it's it's probably cheaper on the studio to sign people up for multi-film deals instead of bringing in somebody new every single movie so i I look i look for the the, i look for the extra three or four new cast members to be in scream seven they're probably not going to be no-name actors and they're probably going to you know yeah, it's a good. It's a, it's a smarter way to keep the budget down. Yeah, if they're willing to pay Jenna Ortega as much as a movie star she is, she is now. Let, I thought for sure she was gonna die. I was like, they can't afford to keep her, and then they kept her. I was like, okay, cool. all right. Scream, scream seven. So, she likes in interviews. She likes horror movies, so like, I it wouldn't surprise me if she sticks around for like you said so, a couple more of these. So that being said, final question: With this movie making as much money without Nev Campbell, does she come back for the seventh one? Keep her out. Keep her out. She has her happy ending. Yeah, I don't think you need her. Agreed. Because, I mean, this one shows that you don't need her. Yep. And it it did a perfectly good explanation. Gail says, oh, Sydney took her family and she's in hiding. That's all you need to know. Give her the happy ending that she deserves. It's not that we don't need her. It's just that, on my end, it's not that we don't need her. It's just that they already gave her a good ending. Like, that's all you need. Nothing else. And I think yeah. once you once you say no, even though you know the the franchise was originally built around you, if you say no, we already know where your heart desires. You know, you you desire that money, and not the not the not the, uh, the franchise. Yeah, not the storytelling. Yeah. So, uh, favorite kill? Does anybody have a favorite kill in this movie? Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Uh, favorite kill would have to be. Um... Annika's where they're trying to where she's trying to go across the ladder. She falls and smashes straight down into the dumpster. That that was that to me was probably the most brutal kill of the movie. It wasn't a kill. No, it was a kill. I'll, uh, Ed, I'll start with you. I'm still thinking. I will go the uh, 
what before title card kill i guess uh flash yeah no 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 jason Jason. yes yeah uh jason you know like the scream mask unmasking himself and all that stuffing it in the bag and walking like nothing happened going to his apartment so the professor's kill no 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 jason jason get killed yeah um i would probably have to go with I'll go with. Uh, I'm gonna just go with Laura's kill, even though it was a different ghost face that got her off. I'm gonna go with Laura uh, for the opening kill, just because you know the mask came off. You're like, whoa. So, yeah. What about you, Franco? Um, it's not a kill, but the dismemberment was pretty cool. But uh, favorite kill that we saw is probably the professor, or not the oh, professor, no. the um, therapist. The, the therapist. Oh yeah. yeah. Franco, I wanted to get your opinion before we do favorite scene. I, I was talking earlier in the review. Um, I noticed like the sound design in this movie, just like the, the actual like the knife going into the body, just like the like it is. I, it was more prevalent in this one than all the other ones. I just thought it was like much more a graphic um, depiction of someone being stabbed, basically. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, like I said, ever since Wes Craven, I think did what part four. Part five and yeah. part six. Part five was um, had higher um, kill scenes. Higher budget. Yeah, no, and no. then part six, like they went over, not overboard. They went perfect with the kill scenes and with the sound, with with everything. They made it more mm. slasher. I think Wes Craven focused more on the the meta part of it over the slashing, and yeah, now yeah. they finally have a perfect combination of meta and slashing. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, favorite scene, Zach. We'll start with you. Uh, my favorite scene, like I said, I thought the trailer was going to ruin it, but the convenience store scene, uh, Ghostface goes in there, wrecks havoc, and I, I thought the trailer was going to ruin it. It was just as intense, maybe even more intense, seeing the whole entire sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, just them crawling on the ground, trying to avoid the glass, and uh, Ghostface. Is this the first time Ghostface has ever used a gun? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, him just shooting. I feel really? like there was one other time. Part one. I thought two. Don't they shoot? Uh, doesn't no? They stab. They, they, like... Yeah, they use they use guns multiple times. Uh, an Zach, actual shotgun, though. Zach, I thought you were talking about shotgun. It's the first time they use a shotgun. Okay, I was okay, just okay. like, I, I, well, I thought it was the first time he either a Ghostface has used a gun, but I mean, you I mean, technically, right. technically, Billy, Stu, they all use guns without the mask. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. But with the mask. But the first time they ever used a shotgun, him just shooting the place up, and like I said, them just trying to be quiet, I thought was a really compelling scene. My favorite scene, just because, you know, I was I was the opposite, Zach. I thought the trailer would ruin it, and then I thought it was too New Yorkish, you know. But the, mm-hmm. the the just the whole sequence of the train, um, yeah. I, I heard some people around me and behind me saying that the you know oh New York trains aren't that spooky the lights don't go out like that they're not that jam packed no the fuck they aren't I, I was in New York City for like eight days a few years ago and I guarantee you that's exactly how it looks and feels so I thought maybe it was going to be a little too much but the the whole train underground scene where Mindy gets stabbed and cut the fuck up. I thought Mindy should have died right then and there. It was a really intense scene with all the ghost face. I don't know. You guys probably saw the Michael Myers mask too. Mm-hmm. It was it was just a fun, fun scene. 
And the moment they went underground into the, the train sequence, I knew some shit was going to go down. So, Oh, yeah. That was my favorite scene for sure. Ed, what about you? I would have to say the uh, first time we see the theater, uh, like go into it and see like the whole memorabilia <clears throat> set up. I thought that was really, really cool. The details of, you know, him drawing or the drawings of all the victims, the drawings of like Billy and all that, the costumes laid out in front of everything the TV that Stu died with and, you know, just all that random different memorabilia I thought was really cool. Even the, even the, the stab six and all that, uh, uh, cutter and all that good yep. stuff. Those were Franco, all cool. Franco, what about you? What was your favorite scene? Uh, mine was the subway scene, but to be different, probably the opening sequence when he takes off the mask and is getting hunted by yeah. Ghostface. Yeah. Speaking of the train scene, I thought it was I thought it was a creative idea to have all the Halloween people like different horror characters. I thought that was kind of that was that was well that was cool. The yeah. Baba Duke was one of them as well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good callback for part five, Jen Ortega's uh, favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, guys. Uh, this is technically Zach and Edward. This is your second 2023 movie that you guys got to talk about back to back weeks. Uh, no third. You guys went and talked to Ant Man as well, right? Yeah, I, I'm still no, no, just just me and Craig did that. Just one. you and Craig. I see. I haven't seen Ant Man. I haven't seen Creed three, uh, but I'm going back out next weekend. Uh, I'm getting back in the hunt. So 2023 is kicking off with a really big big year so far. Shazam comes out next week. Um, but as far no. as star rating for Scream six, Zach, we'll start with you. One out of ten. What do you got? Um. I'm, I might be the lowest out of all of this. Um, not to say this is like like I said, I, I enjoyed this movie. If you go back and listen to our review, screen reviews, it's just this is just not my franchise. But I enjoy for what these films try to be. So for this one, I'm going to give a seven. I think I gave the last one a seven too. So it's just you know, it's fun, but it's just it's not a franchise that's like near and dear to my heart. Um, my highest rated screen movie, I think, is the original one with a 10 uh last year i think i gave scream 2022 an eight i'm giving this one a nine uh i thought the the setup was really good the opening was great the kill scenes were fantastic um like i said i even loved the reveal if it wasn't Stu, i'm glad it was detective bailey because it made sense um i just didn't like the reveal of him, him bringing his two kids along um, so other than that, I thought it was a near-perfect horror movie for this opening 2023 season. And, uh, yeah, you know what? In a few weeks when we talk our top five of 2022, I can't wait to see where Scream 5 lands on that list. So um, Scream seven, Scream 6 gets a, a 9 for me. Franco, what about you? Um, I think my highest rated is Scream, the original. I think I give it a 10 as well. Um, I think I'm going to give it a 9.5. It was uh, near perfect. Uh, again, the the motive I really didn't care too much for, but or copying the screen too, I guess. But I mean, you can't be original all the time. So, yeah. Ed, I'm uh, gonna go ahead and give a nine. I like you all are saying. Uh, good story. Kids didn't need to. Um, Could have been a single uh, single killer by himself. But, you know, they, they played out how they played out, and I think it, it done damn well. So I got to give it a nine, man. 
I I guess it is original. This is the first time there's three killers. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. Because yeah, one or two is always well, two predominantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm excited. That was that was that's a good film. Go check it out. Still currently in theaters. Scream Six knocked Creed Three out of the ring for the top spot. So go check it out. It's in theaters. Next week we finally. I'm so excited. Finally get to review and talk The Big Lebowski. Um, It's on its actual 20th anniversary, I believe. Um, I think it's 25th. 25th, 25th anniversary. It came out... uh, I have the release date right here. It came out March 6, 1998. So we're... We're a few weeks behind, but uh, it's 25th anniversary. The Big Lebowski. We review it next week. You can currently watch The Big Lebowski on the Peacock. So if you guys want to watch along and hang out with us next week and talk The Big Lebowski, it's on Peacock. So, uh, Zach, Ed, you guys have any comments on The Big Lebowski next week? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, so it'll be a it'll be a fresh rewatch. So, uh, and then to Ed, what about you? I think this is going to be my first time. Good. Uh, And then uh, March 20th is The Big Lebowski next week. March 27th, we're talking Steven Spielberg's latest film, The Fablemans, which got zero love at the Oscars last night. Um, And then April the 3rd, our top five plus five of 2022. And then the week after that is The Whale, uh, April... I believe April the 10th is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Brendan Fraser won the Oscar last night for Best Actor. We're going to be reviewing The Whale April the 10th, uh, which is another A24 movie. So um, other than that, guys, uh, anybody else have any final thoughts that they want to throw out there for Scream 6 before we get out of here? Not really, no. No. Franco, thanks for joining us here. I can't wait to talk to you more about Scream 6 on Wednesday on the next episode of Friday the 14th podcast. Uh, I can't wait to to see who's going to join us for that. Uh, Definitely be be glad to be back for that. So um, nobody else has anything. Guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week as we talk to Big Lebowski right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast.